You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the dream design coach, I've helped thousands of high achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dream Design Podcast, the live edition. I am so excited to be here with my guest, Jennifer Sargent. You'll be talking to her in just a moment. Super excited. She is the owner and of Digital Sergeant and the creator of Freelance and Financial Freedom Blueprint. I cannot wait for you to meet this great lady. We'll see you in a second. Welcome back, everyone. So today I have Jennifer Sargent here with me. She is absolutely amazing. <laughs> She's absolutely amazing. Um, I met her actually through my uh, visibility strategist, Veronica, who said, oh my gosh, you got to get this amazing girl on your podcast. So here she is. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks so much for being here with us. Hi, gosh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for this chat today. Absolutely, absolutely, me too. So let's get started. Tell me a little bit kind of about where did your journey start? Like, what were you doing before you started your company, right? Like, what were you doing before that? So I've I've worked in the digital marketing realm for, at the time, like 10 years now, it's 11 years, but my journey really started from rock bottom, if you will, in the beginning of the pandemic. So March 25th, I'll never forget <laughs> that day. Uh, it's pretty much when a lot of other people's uh, worlds kind of stopped turning, but I realized that I needed to replace missing income for my family, plain and simple. So I needed to take my talents and start a business and my talents were digital marketing. So that's when I really started to put a strong uh, strategy behind my brand new freelance business, Digital Sergeant. I love that. So tell me more about what Digital Sergeant does. So Digital Sergeant is a local business digital marketing agency. We work primarily with local businesses all throughout the United States and nonprofits. So anything from social media marketing to search engine optimization, website design, email marketing. If it's on the internet, it's in our wheelhouse. I love that. I love that. And so how has that been like transitioning? So what did you do before the pandemic? So before the pandemic, I worked in the digital marketing realm as well at a full-time um, corporate job, I guess you could say. And uh, I'm still technically there. I'm still very uh, you know, proud of that. And so thankful I have that, but I still needed to replace that missing income. So that's when Digital Sergeant really came to life. I love that. So what are some of the um, 
you know, kind of deal breakers that you had, like when you started your own business, things that you were like, I'm not bringing this over from the corporate world. And what were some things that were must haves for you? So 100% non-negotiable cannot have nightmare clients, like 0% time for that, 0% energy. So I made a promise to myself, like in the very beginning, that if I was in the discovery phase or the prospect phase with a client and I didn't think it was the right fit to turn them down and to never operate in a scarcity mindset. That was really huge for me. And the one thing that I really wanted to have in my business is that I wanted to build a legacy. Like I want to build something that's bigger than myself. So I need to be comfortable with asking for help. And whenever the time came where I was like, okay, I need to grow this business. I need to bring somebody on or I'm going to lose my mind. I was able to sort of, you know, carve a piece of that pie out to hire somebody. And that's really actually helped me at at the end of the day, grow and grow and grow. And we now have three uh, contractors that work for us. So that's quite nice. That's amazing. And it's so crazy too, because, you know, people think like, oh, it takes a really long time to raise a business. And, you know, there are so many people, I mean, the pandemic when it started really wasn't that long ago. Like it kind of was, it feels like it was in terms of like when, you know, when we were able to do things, but it really wasn't that long ago when you think about it. And there are people who have raised businesses from birth to now who are already in the six and seven figure mark you know, since that happened, I mean, it just goes to show you like what's possible when you're truly invested and truly believe in what you're doing. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened for you. So what do you feel like are some of the mindset shifts that you had to have, or even just share like your biggest one, um, from, you know, kind of working in the regular world to then creating this new business and this new paradigm for yourself? So I think the biggest mindset shift that I really had to um, really bring to the forefront is not only like the behavior techniques, because you can fall down a slippery slope of like trash talking, like self trash talking really quickly. And in the beginning, when I started my business, I find myself like comparing myself to people who've had businesses like far longer than I have been in business. And other freelancers and just wondering, like, is this possible? Is this a saturated market? Like, these are the things that would literally keep me up at night. So I had to really develop a um, just like a belief system and new habits of making sure that when I identified, I started that self trash talking or self doubt that I basically like saturated my mind with all of these positive things that I've done in my career. And I started to actually write them down. So whenever um, I would have that feeling of doubt, I would go to this like spreadsheet of like a catalog of like all of these things, like small things, big things, medium things. And then I'd also start to celebrate every single win along the way. Like even if it's somebody on LinkedIn that reached out to me for help and I jumped on the phone with him and talked to him for like 15, 20 minutes, I celebrated that as a win because somebody saw me, they reached out to me for help. So those are some of the the major things that I really started to incorporate. But I mean, I, I try really hard to not paint this picture of like, it was easy and I slid down the rainbow into massive amounts of money. Like, no, 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 no. Like none of that happened here. And it, and it all started really with fixing my mindset right away. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it really does. It starts with mindset because you can't do something that you don't believe is possible. So, you know, think back to Roger Bannister when he broke the four minute mile until then people were like, there's no way that can't happen. And then when he did it, people started doing it left and right, not because they couldn't do it before, but because there had been a paradigm shift where they're like, well, if he could do it, then I could do it. But until, you know, they, they thought for a long time that putting a person on a train that it would cause you to die because the train was going so fast and a human being couldn't go that fast. And then of course the locomotive happened and lo and behold, we drive trains all the time. And then we've got people driving, you know, 200 miles on the Audubon and all these crazy things, but until it's possible, it seems impossible. Unless you adopt the mindset of until it's impossible, it's possible. And then of course you never get to impossible because everything's possible in a quantum universe. Right. So exactly. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. So let's dig into the content a little bit. Tell us, I, you know, if for people who are out there and they're like, mm, do I really need digital marketing? Like what is digital marketing? What will it do for my business? Like what, I know those are like a whole bunch of different questions, but whichever one you kind of feel like you really want to sink your teeth into, I would love to know. What's like a tidbit you want to share with the audience um, when it comes to digital marketing? So the way I describe it to people and they ask like, what is digital marketing? I say that if somebody were to Google you or your brand or your company or your business, do they show up on Google? And my job is basically to make nice, nice with Google to make sure that the business or the brand or like whatever you're searching for shows up on the first page of Google. And that's really when like search engine optimization comes into play and like social media marketing, like all these like little parts of digital marketing really come into play to make that happen. But that's essentially what I describe to people. So if you want to be on Google and somebody searches you or even searches a service that you offer. So like maybe you're a coffee shop in the area. You could say something like coffee shops near me and you want your coffee shop to be number one. So that would essentially be my goal for you and for your business. I love that. And I think that's super important. Um, you mentioned Google. I know there are other search engines. Do you feel like um, when you do SEO and things like that, does that work for other search engines too? Or is it specifically catered to Google? So it does work for other search engines. Um, of course, we have like Bing and Yahoo, DuckDuckGo. Uh, there are a couple of others out there too. Google is the power player. So I, I tend to reference Google a lot. But yes, you are absolutely correct. Whenever you're really practicing strong search engine optimization on a um, rather technical level, you're rather optimizing for all platforms. And it's always interesting to me whenever I go back and look at the data and start peeling back the onion and you're, you realize you're getting traffic from Bing, you realize you're getting traffic from Yahoo and like these other search engines. So to answer your question in short, yes. Yeah, no, because I know there's some people that are like anti-Google. <laughs> like they're yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I don't use Google. I happen to use DuckDuckGo. I like it better. I don't like being tracked on my I mean, I know you're going to be like, you're tracked everywhere. Yes, I know. But the little tiny bit that I can create the illusion that I'm not, I'm going to stick with that, right? So I, I tend to use DuckDuckGo when I do my um, searching. Um, <laughs> I guess. And I'm actually with you on that, which is funny because like a lot of like the tracking things like that from like an advertiser standpoint, like of course you want to be able to like track and like get in touch with you. But from like a consumer standpoint, I'm totally percent in the same ballpark as you. <laughs> so, which is kind of uh, ironic, I'm sure. 
<laughs> no, not necessarily. Well, so it's funny because, you know, I think that a lot of things have kind of matured over the last, right, the pandemic. Like, I think, you know, I had one ideology and then I kind of like moved into a different ideology and, and my new understanding of everything is just that the more power and control I have as a person over my environment, my information and my thoughts, I hate to say it, the, the more sovereign, the more I feel grounded in this world. And I feel like there are a lot of people, you know, I use that term loosely, that really don't want people to have that personal power. Mm-hmm. And so um, I do my best whenever I can. It's like, you know, you can't like eat 100% healthy food, but you can like do better, you know? And so when it comes to being tracked on the internet, I try to do better, even if I can't necessarily be 100. Um, (laughs) I love that, Robert. Yes. Oh, there's a question. Do you post search so that the search terms are not in the URL too? I think this might be talking about a specific uh, like URL. So like maybe adding strong keywords in a URL string, in which case that would be strong for SEO. Like you definitely want to do that. Or he could be talking about meta descriptions, which is basically that like little box that pops up. It's like three sentences or so. So perhaps that's what he's talking about. I think. (laughs) Um, So either way, like you still want to optimize for search. So essentially people can find you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Meta descriptions are the bane of my existence because (laughs) I am so wordy and I'm like, okay, how do I describe this? Like without describing it, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, read the article, but it's like, you know, (laughs) blog posts and stuff. I have a really hard, oh, hold on. Who's that? Here we go. I mean, when you do a normal search, you can see what you searched for in the URL. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, are, if there are any other questions, you guys, feel free to pop those in the comments. I know we've got people watching all over the place. So um, what else did I want to ask you? So in the post-pandemic world, right, if we'll call it that, which is, <laughs> I kind of feel like we're moving into that now. Like, mm-hmm. I think we're definitely coming back to normal. There's a lot of people that are like, mm, I'm not going back to that old way. You know, um, we had so many people that basically got kicked out of their lives, essentially, when the pandemic happened. And fortunately, or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, a lot of people's eyes were opened. They were like, wait, you mean I can still do my job and I don't have to sit at a desk eight hours a day? Or I don't have to drive back and forth in bumper to bumper traffic an hour a day. I can still do what I need to do without my boss making sure that I'm in a cubicle. Um, one of my good friends, you know, she works for a school department and there was a whole bunch of time where she was working from home and she's like, wow, like I'm doing my job, you know? And so I think that like it or not, we have moved into a brand new paradigm of what's acceptable, like what we're, you know, how we do the work we do. And then, you know, what is necessary and what's kind of superfluous. And so for you, you know, you're like, yeah, you know, this is imperative. These are the things I need to do. And these things that I used to do, they don't really matter anymore, you know? And so we're shedding that extra part 
that, that extra busy work out of our identity. And we're finding time to go within and to think about, you know, what does this mean to me and what am I trying to create? And we can look at that from a microcosmic perspective, sorry, a macrocosmic perspective and say, okay, you know, was the pandemic the way that we made sense of this new evolution or, you know, was it a cause and effect or effect to cause like a chicken and an egg thing? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really fascinating um, when we think about that, you know, kind of like, did we create this and use the pandemic, you know, from, from a higher self perspective in order to justify that we needed to go this way? Or did you, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or did the pandemic get created and then this is the way that we, um, this is the way that, you know, that, that things went as a result of that. Because I have to believe that we have a bigger role in, to play in this than what we're being told we have to play. One, I mean, I'm just sitting here like shaking like, yes, yes, yes. Like I agree with like everything you're saying. And what's so fascinating to me is that I remember, I think it was like 2014 or 2015 when I had just relocated and I still wanted to work for the agency that I was working for, but I was moving like an hour away and I wanted to be remote. Like I wanted to be like more remote. I wanted a little bit more flexibility and they worked with me a little bit, but it was still kind of like, a new thing of that time, right? So nobody was really in love with it. And then um, even now, uh, you know, in my current situation, I worked out a remote situation as well. But basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I've been remote relatively for a very long time. And I've been a huge advocate for that. And I'd always, I was like, so fascinated when people would say, Oh, I have to drive an hour to work and an hour back. And I'm just like, you just lost two hours of time plus stress, now you're in traffic, or you got into a car accident, or you ran over like an orange cone, and now your car is destroyed, like whatever, there's no need for that. But once the pandemic happened, and people started becoming more remote, and like working from home, and like more productive, and like happier, I mean, there are so many more happy pets now, because they're home with their owners, and they don't have to like be up all the time. People are just happier, I think. And I, I think once everybody started to see that domino kind of like come into effect. I was just basically like, my work here is done. (laughs) You know, like, finally, we can all be remote. Right, right. And you know, there's still something to be said about getting together in person. And in fact, um, a couple of gentlemen and I were working on a, a project that's quasi secret. It's not quite secret anymore. Some people know about it, where we're actually taking those people and bringing them back together, not necessarily in like, you know, around the cooler or anything, but in a much more social Mm -hmm. way. Um, And, you know, it does, it comes full circle. But um, I read an article, I don't know if it was a couple years ago, and my computer was over there. That's how I know how far like it was like, I was on that side of the room. So it had to have been at least a year ago that I read this article. And it was about how the nine to five or the eight to four, whatever work day was created in order to push consumerism on the weekends. So because people had to work eight hours a day on the weekend, they wanted to go fishing. They wanted to go hiking. They, they had to create a, a, a separation that most of your time you were spent working so it could push the economy on the other side. Mm-hmm. And that made me sick to my stomach <laughs> because it was just like, that is so manipulative but like Mm -hmm. we could very easily get done I mean when my you know when I used to teach elementary school 
we, you know, the kids are in school seven hours a day, but it's not because it took that long to teach them. It's because a lot of parents work and it's free daycare. Like, I'm sorry, but it is like mm-hmm. it, the kids are there being minded by a teacher who gets paid, you know, if it was a babysitter watching 24 kids and they were just watching TV or coloring, you know, and she got paid by the kid, she'd make like $3,000 an hour. Mm-hmm. The teachers, you know, they make nothing, right? Because I used to be a teacher. And it's really just subsidized daycare. Because if you look at it and you go back and think about what do the kids actually learn, it's probably between an hour and a half to, to three hours a day of actual instruction, right? right? But it's there to fill up that time. And now we have this this pandemic happen. People couldn't send their kids. They're doing the schoolwork at home and they're going, wait a second, little Johnny's done with all the work the teacher gave us and it's noontime. How's that possible? <laughs> because there are 25 other kids to have to, you know, so it's like we're learning the efficiency of our brains, number one, and number two of what we're capable of within the confines of our bank that really just have kind of been we've been lied to basically mm-hmm. and like we can't be lied to anymore because the evidence is there right isn't this like so not the conversation you thought you were gonna have today <laughs> but it's like but I totally agree you know like with, with so much and everything you're saying and I think a lot of people also feel a little bit betrayed or excuse me betrayed by the uh nine to five and by the corporate job set because they were and and you know my it was ingrained in my brain to think like this too but like you get a job, you get health insurance, you get 401k. And like, those are the things that you need in life to provide for a family. But I think what everybody learned really quickly is that that job that you slaved for and that you worked so hard for and that you've given up family time for just cut, cut you out to the curb as quickly as possible when they needed to make budget cuts. Mm -hmm. And people felt really betrayed by that. And that's when, you know, they started to shift and the survival of the fittest kind of came into set and people started to launch their businesses. And I've, I've just heard so many stories of people finally following their passion and their like side hustle talent that they, they love to do, but they never actually pursued. And now it's blossoming and it's totally changed their life. And now the the boss man's calling them back saying like, hey, it's time to come back to work. And they're like, mm, no, I'm busy making pottery because that's what I love to do. I'm busy right. making uh, home decor because that's what I love to do. And it's, it's changed everybody's life, just exactly what you're saying. And um, I, I found so much freedom in what I did too, even though it's digital marketing, that's kind of like what I've always done. It... Um, it just it changed my mindset and it changed my shift uh, of thinking really to that you can start a, like literally anybody can do this. The only thing you need, and I say this all the time, the only thing you need is the grit and the willingness to show up. That's it, mm-hmm. and you can do it. And I'll add to that, you know, because being the dream design coach, a vision of what you want it to look like, right? Because you can't just kind of do that and <laughs> show your. Joe Inger, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yay! He's so funny. He's one of my business partners in that company I was telling you that we're starting. But yeah, no, you have to have a vision for where you're going. Like, what is it I'm trying to create? I can't. There are so many people that went out during the pandemic and they're like, I'm going to start a business. Great. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just going to start a business. It's like, it doesn't work like that, right? Like, you have to have 
some kind of a vision for what it is that we're trying to create. And, um, and going back to what you said, you know, like the health insurance thing, right? Like I remember when I became, you know, uh, self-employed or an entrepreneur and they're like, oh, you make too much money to have health insurance. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, cool. Then I won't get it then. And then I realized I went to the eye doctor and they're like, oh, it's $160. And I'm like, wait, what? Like I've been paying, like, cause that's really all I do. I go to the dentist, I go to the eye doctor. Right. So, and I don't know, I go to the, you know, the lady doctor or whatever too, but I got through with the midwife. But my point though, is that I got there and they're like, it's 160 bucks. I'm like, wait for everything. Like, uh, like cash. She's like, yeah, we don't have to pay someone to do the billing and we don't have to pay the coder and we don't have to pay. So when you pay cash, you cut out all these other jobs, right. And you're just paying for the service you actually got. Whereas they would charge an insurance company three, $400 for the exact same thing. So it's like, wait, so I can be $160 a year instead of 12,000 a year. And, you know, again, it's that, it's, it's that mentality of this is how it's done, but it doesn't have to be done that way. And what happens if we don't do it that way? And what happens if we push the envelope and we don't do it? You know, like if my kid gets sick, I'll take them to urgent care and heaven forbid they need to go to the emergency room. I'll take them there and I'll pay for it in cash. Maybe not that day, but I'll figure it out. Right. Cause the law of attraction and manifestation and I'll figure it out. I've, I've created incredible wealth and of course I could do it if I needed to, but I'm not going to sit there and pay into something for nothing like that's So silly, but it took them telling me that I couldn't have it for me to even question that. So all that to say, Jennifer, just that we have these conversations, these things happen and, they seem so awful at the beginning until we realized how much they freed us up to have that sovereignty, to be that independent person. You know what I mean? And so now you're here and people can come and find you and be like, okay, I have this business, you know, it's not getting the traction I need it to get. And I talk about this all the time, right? Like if you have the cure for cancer, but you're standing in your yard with a sign that says, I cure cancer. Number one, you're not curing cancer. And number two, <laughs> that's on you. That's your fault that those people are not having that cure, right? I mean, granted, the government will probably kill you. But the point, though, like the, <laughs> the metaphor for it, though, is that you need to get that message out there. And so you are a person who's like, well, that's what I'm doing. That's my role is I'm going to help you get that message out there. So tell us more about how people can work with you if that is on their minds. Yeah. So if um, anybody is really looking to take their um, digital marketing footprint to the next level, then they can just reach out to me at digitalsargent.com, S-A-R-G-E-A-N-T. And uh, when you come to my homepage, what you'll really see is a lot of information about my coaching program, which is called Freelance and Financial Freedom Blueprint. But you can um, always make contact with me. You can view my portfolio and really just browse around uh, my website and see how I may be able to help you. And then just book a call with me and we'll talk. I never uh, charge for like discovery calls or things like that because I'm really trying to figure out if this is going to be a good fit for the both of us. So once we have that discovery call, we talk a little bit further. I really figure out what your needs are because a lot of times what will happen is a local business owner will get on the phone and say, I need X, Y, Z. But after I start talking with them and peeling back the onion a little bit, I actually get to the root of what they need. And that's usually where we begin. So um, it really just begins with that discovery call process, which you can uh, definitely take a look at and book at my website. 
Awesome. Yeah, you guys definitely check her out. She's amazing. And as always, she will be in my group, Dream Building Entrepreneurs, later on today for the after party to answer any questions you have. Um, We like to do that in the group. So if you have things that you don't want the whole world to see, maybe you're already working with a digital person and you're not getting great results and you want to just ask quietly without it being on the entire profile, you can ask those questions in my group if you're not already there. It is, uh, excuse me, it is Dream Building Entrepreneurs. You can find it at facebook.com slash group slash unstoppable dreaming. So awesome. Are there any other questions for Miss Jennifer before I let her go? Want to make sure that we get an opportunity to answer those. Um, I think that we had a really great candid conversation today about things that you probably didn't have any idea we were going to talk about. But honestly, <laughs> it re- it's really, it bears repeating how important it is for people like you, like me, to find what it is we truly want to do and what we're really good at and to do that outside the confines of what is considered the normal nine to five, right? Because if you were doing what you were doing before, think about all the people who are out there doing what they're doing that wouldn't have the resources and the reach and you know the livelihood that they have as a result of meeting you and having you in their corner. Um, so again, it's back to that gift and that curse thing, guys, right? Like, you know, the pandemic, like everybody's like, oh, the pandemic. But what the pandemic did for us is so incredibly powerful in our in, in our higher self story. And I think that the more that we see kind of how things shake out, the more we're going to see, you know, just how truly important and, and how meaningful this whole experience was. So Jennifer, do you have any last questions, thoughts, concerns, anything else you want to share with the audience? No, this was great. Thank you so much for having me. It was a uh, really awesome, candid conversation. And uh, yeah, so if anybody just wants to take their digital marketing to the next level or learn how to start their own digital marketing business, uh, you know where to find me, digitalsergeant.com. Right on. Thank you so much for that. Well, that'll do it, guys, for this week's podcast, the Dream Design Podcast. You can find us on all the places where podcasts are, Stitcher, Apple, uh, Spotify. I don't, I don't know the lingo, but lots of different podcasty places that you can find us. And Jennifer's episode will be up soon. If you missed it live, you can listen to it there. Um, and definitely go check out her website. She is amazing and she does really incredible work and you definitely want to get to know her better so that being said that will do it for this episode of the dream design podcast until next time may you be happy may you be healthy may you be safe and may you be at peace namaste